Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 655 of the Macworld Podcast. I'm your host, Leif Johnson, standing in for the vacationing Roman Loyola. And over on the remote, we've got Jason Cross. Hello. And Mike Simon. Good afternoon. So, we chatted a lot about E3 last week, but now that we've had a few days to think about the show, we're going to circle back and we're going to talk about which of those announcements are really going to end up having the biggest impact. Jason here wrote a good story on that topic last Thursday, and we'll largely be following it for our discussion. And if you check out the landing page for this podcast episode on the Macworld main site, you'll find a link back to that story itself. But first... Let's get to the news, or I should say the news that didn't come directly from WWDC. Uh, right now, E3 is going on. That's the big game show down in L.A. right now, and it'll be going through Thursday. Uh, the actual show just recently started, but over the weekend, they've been having big announcements from the publishers and stuff. And usually this is aimed more towards consoles and stuff. But, you know, there was actually, you know, a decent amount of stuff for Mac and iOS gaming. But it's all you really usually have to look for it. And uh, so I wrote a story about that. And, uh, you know, some of it is the usual MMO stuff. Final Fantasy XIV is coming out and everything. And uh, you have, you know, some new content for Elder Scrolls Online coming down. But uh, I think the more interesting stuff was some of the advancements done to this cloud streaming push that we've been seeing from the likes of Google Stadia and stuff. And now Microsoft has one that it calls Project X Cloud. It's not as hot, you know, you know, 6K and, uh, um, excuse me, 4K and 60 FPS like you do fine with uh, Stadia supposedly but you know this way you can you, you can stream either from your Xbox at home kind of like with a you know PS4 remote play or you can just stream directly from Microsoft servers and uh, Bethesda also announced a new Orion project which will supposedly optimize all this streaming so it'll take up um, oh I forget the exact figures it's something like 40% less bandwidth and stuff and you get better frame rates so that'll make it you know less likely that you're going to eat through your your data cap and stuff but yeah that the the Bethesda thing is that's that was sort of pitched at developers right, right? Exactly. that was kind of weird it's like you have to build it into your engine for if you're going to build a game that's for cloud streaming and I just don't know who's going to do that that's not using like right. tech or something like I, I don't know what's going on with that one and that, you know and that's what I put at the end I was like and it'll make it a welcome compliment to Google Stadia service should Google accept it uh, adopt it so you know yeah, yeah. and, and it's, I, don't, I don't even think Google necessarily has to adopt it it's more like uh, will it be built into Unity, right? Uh, Unreal, all those sorts of things? Because I think that's at the level that it needs to be integrated. That so it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, the xCloud stuff's interesting. We didn't hear any price, Mm-mm. except that, that they said if you're streaming from your own home Xbox, that's free. Yes. If you want to run a game on the on cloud servers and stuff like that, like you may not even own an Xbox or something, then mm. or you have bad home internet, you can't upload the, the bandwidth you need or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no pricing on that, just that they're going to start tests later this year. Is but, is there a benefit to using your Xbox to stream this stuff? Is it good that, to like, that is ex- free. Like exclusive games and whatnot? Or? 
well, no, that that's just that it's free. That's just like a remote oh, okay. way to play your Xbox. It's like right? Steam You're Link and PS4 else. Remote Play that are exactly. already out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Now this uh, stuff is so a little bit cooler cool. now because the you know Apple is extending this control. Uh, I mean, this support later on in a couple of months for you know the Xbox One controller, the um, Sony DualShock Four controller. And before it was kind of like a real hassle to play these games with like PS4 Remote Play because all the buttons wouldn't necessarily be mapped with MFI controller. But yeah. now it'll actually be more fun to play those. Like y- if you watch my PS4 Remote Play how to, I actually try to play God of War and I can't sprint or anything because buttons weren't mapped to my controller it's impossible <laughs> to use them so uh but actually being able to use a uh you know a controller that supports that game that that, and, that can and make it cool sorry and the xcloud stuff might be the first way to sort of cloud game on ios like right. we know we know that uh stadia supports chrome browsers like on your mac mm-hmm. but for mobile they're only going to start with pixel and then come to other other phones, and that could that's probably going to be other Android phones at first, because Chrome on an iOS is not really Chrome. Right. They'd have to build an iOS app or something to access it. So it might be some time before your iPhone or iPad can play Stadia games. Yes. And so that all, that's all exciting. There's a couple of new games in there. Like, there was an actual new game. It's Empire of Sin. That's for Mac. It's basically XCOM set in 1920 Chicago. But, uh, you know, but the rest of it is kind of like updates of really old games like Final Fantasy, uh, Crystal Chronicles, which is now coming to iOS and stuff. But that's E3, as usual, you know. I, I have a question as a, as a certified non-gamer. Sure. Why... All right, there's two questions. One, why why wouldn't Apple show up at E3 this year and hype the hell out of Arcade? And would they do that next year when it's actually out? I was okay. Okay, they, so the other day I wrote the edit- second one is no. <laughs> you know, it's never been. I, I can't imagine Apple. Oh God! You know, the, if you saw E3 this year, there were a couple of mobile games announced, which you know will be on iOS. And oh, the reaction from the crowd! Yeah, it's not the best crowd for that. And I would say it is not a good crowd for Apple for that very reason. Apple mm-hmm. just doesn't participate in other people's conferences, right? It just holds its own thing. Sure. I mean, they and- they haven't they done like. Like nab every now and again, like they they pop up here and there, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's, and they it's don't. Mostly but they don't get out and make big announcements and yeah. stuff. Like they're never on stage at anyone else's conference to say anything big about anything big. Yeah, but yeah, they do. They show up at NAB basically to talk to professionals about, mm-hmm. you know, Final Cut. Or something, you know. Now, see, I wrote that editorial the other day where I was talking about, you know, Apple really going for this, being a hub for like with Apple Arcade, being indie, these little artistic games and stuff like that, which is always kind of like on the side at E3. E3, I, as a gamer, you know, I, I will say <laughs> it's very loud. It's very, you know, in your face, those blockbusters. Whoa, the graphics. And I don't think that's really, uh, <laughs> you know, Apple's thing. It's more of this art stuff. And so, you know, Apple Arcade kind of sets them apart from this. It would be focusing almost entirely on that thing. Apple keeps itself distant. In this case, I think the walled garden, so-called, is is actually kind of a good thing. And uh, they're putting themselves... So, so the... The the E3 folk would basically just laugh at Apple. Yes, they would. That's they okay. would laugh. Well, or they just don't consider mobile that important. And it's hard for the, these smaller indie games that don't have wow wow you graphics mm-hmm. to make an impression in a fifteen second trailer. Right. Like, okay. That's not what's good about them. 
And even though they're big and they do well and they do show up at E3 and stuff, like they kind of run through the, and here's all the indie games trailers. And it's yeah. just a quick montage because mm-hmm. they they just don't look fancy in these like quick, you didn't even get to play it scenarios. Whereas the AAA games are just, they blow you away. So Yes. And it, and you said laugh, um, judging from, you know, like the reception to Commander Keen, which was also announced. Oh, so I yes. would say the right writers jeer. They would not laugh at mm. Apple. They would cheer at Apple. <laughs> Even though, like, I mean, these mobile games, like you look at something like Monument Valley. I mean, they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. massive multi, you know, multi-level yes. games. They, say, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not even close to being a gamer, but. It seems as though, as though mobile games are in some ways bigger yeah. than console games. And Bethesda was talking that themselves up, you know, about you know how well Elder Scrolls Blades is doing. Every you know, even though everybody mm-hmm. says, else says it sucks, and it is doing well. If you look on the App Store, it's got almost a five star rating from like God, I think forty thousand people. I mean, that's that's impressive. And uh, but it's just you know. There were people saying that mobile games need to be banned from E3, to which I really? said, yeah, yeah. I, I did That's a tweet ridiculous. to that. Jesus. And I, and I said, you know, they shouldn't, you know, anybody that says that, you know, has an incomplete understanding of the gaming industry right now. Sorry, guys. Mobile gaming is actually pretty huge, but... You know, they, they, but that's, I mean, that's just coming from like geeky fans or is no, that it was some from, journalists you know, like, that I actually respect. Yeah. Yes. Some, <laughs> wow. some of them were saying that too. Yes. But some, geeky fans are like that too. And, and if you watch, if you see mobile game TV commercials, mm-hmm. they're always full of like these CG, yeah. you know, fake things and they barely show any gameplay at all. Cause the gameplay just doesn't avail itself to quick, you know, 10, 20 second looks at the game. Mm-hmm. They don't, it doesn't look good. Yes. It doesn't grab you, and E3 is all about that. Like that's that's how deep E3 goes. So it's just not a venue for mobile games. It's not a good venue. So they're they're right to kind of hold it be aside from that and it, just it do their could, own thing. Could Apple Arcade kind of change that mentality? You guys think? No, I think it will always be separate. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I do think <laughs> I that agree. it could make it a big thing. Like I said in my editorial, but you know, it's going to always be separate and. Okay. Uh, that's that's my take on it. And going with Jason was saying, you know, I used a sc- screenshot from Sky Children of Light, and you know, it wasn't I. You know, that's coming from that game company, which made Journey, which is one of my favorite games of all time. But like Jason was saying, this doesn't look. You know, that's my hero image for the article, and it doesn't look as hot and you know cool as some of the other stuff that you saw in there. So, but I think that's what Apple's going for. I think mobile gaming needs, uh, and and maybe Apple Arcade sometime down the road, they could have its own sort of conference you know mm-hmm. kind of thing but mobile gaming needs its own thing that's on the level of like what QuakeCon and stuff like that is mm-hmm. where it's not e3 but it's a dedicated thing that's just going to be for this these kinds of games where expectations are set right yes um, i think there's room for that in this industry but there's no uh, candy crush con out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> crush con that sounds good i'm getting off topic but one time i actually went to a mobile game esports tournament to cover it and there was like nobody in the audience so mm-hmm. even though those are like really popular games uh it's you know the the people that you would actually show up to a convention or something like that it's it's not like the e3 audience so they're very different people yeah i get it but less uh, less passionate if you will 
So I enjoy talking about games, but let's get off of that for a second. Uh, <laughs> some of the other new uh, news is there is now an iCloud app on the Windows 10 store. And, uh, you know, the nice thing support is that it actually supports the same files on demand technology that you find in Microsoft's OneDrive. So this was actually kind of a collaborative effort between Apple and Windows, which is cool. Mm-hmm. There used to be an Apple, you know, an iCloud app that was available for Windows 10, but you had to find, you had, you had to download it through the support pages. And this app isn't doesn't work, you know. Doesn't look any different than that app, but it has that files yeah. on demand technology, which is pretty awesome. So I will say you can read about it in my uh, news article from yesterday, which is actually on PC World, and but you know I'll be linking that into our landing page when we when we post it. But it was. Uh, you know, there was actually installation problems, so you really have to have a new version of Windows in order to use this. Uh, like, I had other people in the office for PC World try to download it, and to give you an idea, that's their job, and they, they weren't <laughs> even updated that, you know, it, it was like last week or something like that, so it's, it's kind of crazy. So you have to have a really, you know, recent version of Windows to go in and do it, and so, you know, if you use Windows, you go to start, setting, update, and security, Windows update, check for updates, and it should give you the most recent version so and if it doesn't because like that doesn't always show up the the new may 9 2019 update yes isn't rolled out to windows update for everyone there's mm-hmm. a web page if you just google it, there's a web page you can go to to kind of force that download if you want yes so if you see this you know you know where do you want to install and it won't actually let you install yeah you need to have the most recent version of windows <laughs> so it's kind if of you, i'm old enough to remember when i had to map my iDrive to use it on windows <laughs> oh god yes, yes. If, if you have that icloud app on windows this works this this it's the same features and functions, but mm-hmm. that what files on demand does is basically when you go to your iCloud Drive in Finder, mm-hmm. you'll see you'll see all your files there, but it hasn't downloaded all of them. You're not just downloading gigabytes and gigabytes of files constantly to keep them in sync. Mm-hmm. And then when you want to use one, it downloads the file that you you want to use. So that's it, it's just a big bandwidth saver because you're just not downloading gigabytes of files you may not ever touch. Yes. And, you know, one point that I made in the article is that, you know, with iPad OS and stuff, all this makes iCloud Drive a lot more appealing as a productivity tool because, mm-hmm. you know, especially for a lot of us who go between, um, you know, Windows and iPad devices and stuff, you can now work on a lot of those same files for the same thing. I do that with iWriter um, already. I have the iWriter version of uh, the Windows version. And so I, you know, work on my stuff at home on Windows and then, you know, I have it on my iPhone and stuff here. As someone who uses Android, often iCloud is endlessly frustrating because it's it's mainly an Apple device thing. Yes, I exactly. use Google Drive and I use Dropbox because mm-hmm. yeah. I would be happy to use iCloud. But for the most part, it's it does it stops once you put down that iPhone. It's it's it, it, it's useless. So <laughs> I hope that this is a, a a conscious effort to bring it to more devices. But I I I kind of I don't I don't think so. This has already no, existed yeah. on that. No, I know it's, it's just it's just it's just cleaning up some some stuff and making it easier for people to find. And I've yeah. already seen people complain about the photo support, which was always bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's been bad. Yeah. <laughs> so uh let's another one uh yesterday apple actually you know rolled out a, a, a lot of improvements actually to the iMovie app and uh, the biggest improvement is that it now supports green screen effects uh so that allows you to you know if you have a green or a blue background much as you you know might be familiar to with from the movies you can switch it out for something a lot more interesting than what you you know is behind you so you, it'll it'll make for some more interesting 
you know, productions that you would normally need a more involved video program to do. And, you know, speaking of which, they also now allow you to drop in your logo because they, you know, allow you to put, you know, files with transparent backgrounds in there. So that means you could drop your logo into, you know, the bottom right hand of the corner and stuff. So that's, this is all, you know, it's not super robust, but, you know, this is, this is the kind of thing that if you're in a hurry, you could use to upload to YouTube or something like that. And, uh, so you also have a bunch of new soundtracks, 80, I believe. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, there, there's there's quite a few other other changes in there. And so, iMovie is surprisingly good on iOS. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and yeah. but you know, one of the things I joked about in the article is like you know, previously the main reason why a lot of ordinary users would download iMovie was that was the only way to rotate your photos really easily and for free. And uh, so your videos, yeah. Excuse me. Thank you. Um, your videos, <laughs> yes. And but now that will be built right into. Photos and I believe the camera app in iOS 13. So just photos. The camera app it kicks you off the photos. You know when you try and edit something. Thank you. I was because yeah. I, I saw a so- couple of sources that said the it camera, was confusing was like, yeah. the way they said it at, at the keynote. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's the same way as when you do a edit a photo. Once you hit edit, you're really in the photos app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. There is also a treat, tweet going around from a uh, a user from France named Raphael Mouton, and he was working on iOS 13, had the uh, you know into the dev beta, and uh, went into recovery mode, and he saw something that looked like a USB C plugging into a Mac. Well, that that is the way that you would use a cord, you know, to you know to hook up your iPhone to a Mac. You would use the USB C in to plug into your Mac to use it in the recovery mode. But they a lot of people are taking this as proof a hint that uh you know they're going to replace the lightning port with a usb-c port in the next iphone and uh y'all want to run with that yeah that's not happening people (laughs) (laughs) yeah the current logo is it it, when you when you need to restore your iphone it it has the itunes logo Mm -hmm. and a lightning plug yeah can we talk about how ridiculously unintuitive that is yeah 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 because you're like i plug my lightning into itunes it doesn't (laughs) make sense it's ridiculous so they're cleaning up this this logo they show like a glyph that looks like a mac a laptop and then the usb-c which that the usb end is what you plug into your mac and macs basically only have usb-c now Mm -hmm. so if anything this maybe means the next iphone will maybe come with a lightning to usb-c cable Mm -hmm. they'll replace the usb-a end for a c end Mm -hmm. but that's the that's as far as you can read this i mean considering apple doesn't or maybe they do but if they do it's one or two models every mac that you get has usb-c why would you still include a usb-a cable in the box it's silly exactly yeah there is is none the only usb-a you can get is uh an imac but they mostly sell laptops. All the laptops are all USB-C. And you it got would be it, pretty yeah, funny if, uh, if Apple made a new USB-C 5-watt charger and put it in the box. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, please. No. God. Yes. Yeah, they, they, I mean, every, every Android phone that I've tested for the past, I don't know, 14 months mm-hmm. includes uh, a fast charger. 5-watt mm-hmm. chargers, are, are you, you can't even find them anymore except for in the iPhone box. It's ridiculous. It's- it is, yeah. Apple now every that, year. It, no, it's, but it's, it's, nuts. it's yeah, it's it's past the time. I don't care about their margins. I mean, put <laughs> the damn cape charger in the box. It's ridiculous. It's got to be spend, cheap. It's got to be cheap. Yeah, yeah. We're talking probably a thirty cent increase in per per unit or something like that. I mean, it, it's it's insane. 
Yeah, that, that, that is also really starts looking bad. Fast charging. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, they they come out with these these amazing products, and then they do things like put you know, like they have, like like the Mac Pro has a two hundred fifty six gigabyte hard drive, like like little <laughs> things like that that are just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you nickel and diming on such a, something so dumb? <laughs> yes, and you know. So yeah, hopefully that's a sign that USB C to Lightning and a twelve or fifteen watt charger would be nice. Yeah, let us hope. And so let's go ahead and jump into our uh, main discussion. But before we jump into that and we talk about our own thoughts, we want to hear what you have to say about what will be the biggest, you know, out of the WWDC announcements, which ones will have the biggest impact on you, the world, and all that kind of stuff. Yesterday, we ran a poll on Twitter in which we asked which of the following um, four WDC announcements y'all were most excited about. And so those options included the privacy features, iPad OS and the new iPad features, the Apple Watch only apps, and Apple Watch's on-device app store and Project Catalyst. So the vast majority, 60% of you, said that you were most excited about iPadOS and the new iPad features, and I'm totally with you on that one. After that, at 25% was the privacy features. And at the bottom, we have Project Catalyst with a mere 9%, and just 6% of you were excited about the Apple Watch-only apps and the new store. And uh, so, yeah, that's... uh, um, iPad OS, we're going to get into this in a little bit, you know, with the main discussion. But, you know, I, I wrote an article where I was talking about how, yeah, it's, it's finally, I've been skeptical for a long time and I use an iPad as my main device for a long time. But yeah, it, it actually feels like it's like an, an, you know, a laptop alternative now, a true one, as opposed yeah. to just like a, you know, a tablet that can do cool stuff. I probably would feel comfortable using it as one now but uh i'm i don't think a lot of people get you know how big project catalyst will be i'll say that though yeah i was looking on twitter and um steve troton smith who he's if you don't follow him on twitter you should he um Mm -hmm. he is always very active always tweeting other people always uncovering stuff always running things He's, he's awesome but he um he wrote something that kind of made me ponder catalyst he said that the way it works with ios and mac like you can't have an ios subscription Mm. and have it work with your mac app and i'm not 100 percent sure i have to kind of dive into you know the uh, his 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 follow-up tweets but if that's the case that's going to kind of um um uh, it's it's going to kind of dampen the the uh, the point of Catalyst. So what they have now in, in Catalyst is it, it's a tool for help for making Mac apps, but they haven't changed anything about Mac app distribution, which means that Catalyst apps they don't have to be in the Mac App Store. You can sell them on your website or whatever, which is fine. I'm okay. Which with is it. which is fine. Yeah. Uh, they and and when you sell them in the Mac App Store, it's just like Macs being uh, Mac apps being sold in the Mac App Store now. They're not tied to iOS apps. That which seems I like a that seems like a bigger understand. stake. Yeah. Like what's the like why? So all you're doing is you, you're just going to populate the Mac with a bunch of apps that don't necessarily work the way you be, want them to. They'll have to be free. Or you have yeah. to do weird things where it's like if you buy it on iOS, you get like a token oh, that makes it <laughs> that's stored in iCloud that your Everybody other side can that your other side can like know that you bought it or there's yeah they just need to let you let developers as an option if they want say no you can buy it 
on all three platforms yeah. for one price. Just I mean, that's just, how the iPhone and the iPad works. You buy exactly. it, and it's for for most. Of it. I mean, you you can separate it if you want to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let so wh- wh- why not have the same? Uh, I don't distribu- understand. I, I don't. I don't get it. That, that's if that's how Apple plans on marketing this whole thing going forward. I, I don't really see the point. Yeah, that's true. Other than well, to yeah, get a bunch of useless apps on my Mac. I'm well, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I do see the point. I see that, I mean, a lot of useful and, and big and important apps are free and stuff like that. And I get that. And I, as a tool thing, this is part of their transition to making one way of making apps. The, the Catalyst and Swift UI are part of Apple's multi-year long-term goal of getting one way to make apps that's going to end up working on ARM-based Macs and regular Macs and iPads yeah. and iPhones and stuff like that. So I, I get that, but I'm just, as a user, I'm intensely yeah. frustrated by how boneheaded this is. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it all changes when the ARM-based Macs that we all know are coming at some some yeah. point arrive. Or, maybe or the, the just whole the mechanism next, changes. Just the next Mac OS, maybe a point release, but you'd think they would mention maybe. this at WWDC. And it's yeah. not in like the dev betas of... Catalina, that, and the, the way they sold it and spun it was, you know, here is this wonderful new way to to, to cross populate all your apps. Yeah. Except, exactly. <laughs> except you got to sell them separately, <laughs> and nobody wants to buy yeah. separate Mac apps. Right. So yeah, I, I don't. I understandably some developers are worried about this race to the bottom. It's like, oh, but well, then my Mac app that I work so hard on has yeah. to be one ninety nine, mm-hmm. or I'm, I can't sell it or something. Yeah, and the, I get the, that, the, but you can always. Too. You sell it separate SKU, just like you can sell a separate iPad SKU, mm-hmm. or you can sell a unified app. So just yeah, and let, I think let the, the iPad choose. The, the iPad has kind of proven that the race at the bottom is an iPhone thing, because yeah. there are yeah. lots of good apps that sell well for the iPad that people are willing to buy because they do more productivity work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is the, I don't think I don't think this would kill the Max productivity. I think it would give the people who aren't willing to spend fifty dollars on an app anyway. A way to get a bunch of things for their Mac, yeah. but yeah. the people who want to use it the way we do, and <laughs> are willing to to, to to spend you know twenty thirty dollars on an app, that we're, we're still going to do it. Yeah. So this will be great for free apps in the current year. Like this will be great for Twitter coming back and stuff, like they said. But mm-hmm. yeah. for for paid apps and and developers looking to have paid apps on the Mac, they're still in that that boat of trying to convince you to buy your app again. Which mm-hmm. I don't envy that, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't even sound like you'll even know whether there's a Mac app or not. Like you won't even yeah. get like a notification on your computer. You just bought this. Exactly. Here's the Mac version. I'm like you just if you happen to find it, you'll find it. Yeah, what they have now is what they're gonna have. It's yeah. just like Catalyst is just different tools to make it. It's not about distribution at all, and that's really it's a bummer. And most people don't even go to the Mac App Store like they do the iPhone App Store. It's a different. It's different. Like you don't sit there and browse it like you do the iPhone Store. No, because it's not full of great. It's not inviting. It's not. You know, they have the editorial stuff on the iPhone side. They have the discovery features on the iPhone side. It's just you know the Mac App Store is just a means to an end. 
So I'm going to break from tradition here, and I'm going to pull from we one have of tradition. The, <laughs> one of the one of the one of the hot takes here at the end. So you know, at the end we have our hot take section, but this one is really relevant to what Mike was just saying right now. This is from uh, Steve Rutland. He's from Orta Dragoon, and this was on Twitter. And you know, this is actually from the responses to you know our poll, and he was asking which was which was the best one. He said, "Catalyst for me. I have a 2016 MacBook Pro, and the Mac App Store is sad. Most of my apps are from." the net but i prefer the app store due to the centralized update there's just not enough there and i totally agree the mac app store is really sad yeah yeah and yeah like for each category there's like three or four really good apps and then a bunch of ones that you don't even know if they're gonna work if they've been updated if they're gonna destroy your 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 machine use too much but catalyst isn't necessarily gonna solve that problem no nothing that's anything it might make it worse (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, for for great free apps, I think I think a lot of developers that are used to making iOS apps who are like, oh, I can move my free app to the Mac. It's not that much more work. I think a lot of them might put it in the App Store because yeah. why wouldn't you? You're yeah. not going to make a whole site to to do that now. I think a lot of people want to sell apps and they're selling them on websites and stuff because you don't have to pay your thirty percent cut to Apple and stuff. They're going to keep doing that even if they use Catalyst. So I don't think it's. This doesn't save the Mac App Store no, necessarily. I, I, don't, I don't even. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I don't even know if it'll really make much of an impact on the user base at, at all. Well, speaking well, of th- other things that should leave an impact, did you want to say something, Jason? Because that was a great. Uh, I just, I just think free apps. I think the free apps are going to be awesome on on for the next year or so. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Yeah, and it's that you, you. Yeah, Twitter, like you said earlier, that'll be great. Um, as far as some of the other stuff, let's go ahead and pull from your article, get moving along here. Uh, the first one that you listed was actually the privacy crackdown. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the one – the biggest announcement here was, you know, Apple is going to start doing its own login where, you know, uh, you it, you can log into a bunch of apps already with uh, Google or your Facebook account. But uh, the problem with those is that they actually are sending some kind of data to those companies. But Apple's would not. So, uh, yeah, that's – Y'all want to talk about that? Yeah, that email spoofing thing is just genius. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. fantastic. I mean, that's fantastic. Great. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of other stuff besides that sign in with Apple yeah. ID, which mm-hmm. we talked about some last week. Um, mm-hmm. There's things like when you launch an app that needs to use your location, you're not going to be able to choose um, always allow it to use my location. The only options you get are use my location like just just once you can say and it'll ask you also awesome yeah or only while the app is open and if the app wants to use your location in the background it's going to have to request that from you separately yeah it's going to get a little tedious where you're getting these notifications and especially if you do the allow once thing but it's just it's cool that apple thinking about these things Mm -hmm. because other companies are not if an app wants your look is already using your location in the background every now and then apple's going to pop up a little window saying you know this app's using location in the background it has a map like when you do your one your two-factor login it's got a little map it's got a little map of here's all the locations this Mm -hmm. app has recorded like you at so you can see oh it's wow it's tracked me like all over town for the last and then you can change it stuff so it's really gonna it's going to be so eye-opening for yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, that... Yeah, I mean, we, we hear a lot about, you know, Google tracks this, Maps tracks tax, but we don't... Until you see just what these apps are are doing, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's and how gonna often? Be, it's, yeah, yeah, it's going to be like, whoa, wait a minute, I haven't opened that app in two weeks. How does it know I'm, I went to the grocery store yesterday? Yeah, or Panera Bread app keeps wanting my lo- <laughs> my location all the time. I'm like, why do you need my location anytime other than when I'm in the app? Mm-hmm. I, I keep saying no, and it keeps going like, hey, I want to use your location. All these. Well, how so, else will I know if, it go, if you go to another sandwich shop, Jason? <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. Mate. Does it want to pop up a deal like when I'm nearby? I don't know. I just – no, I don't want that. And I think people are going to be shocked at how many apps yeah. just want their location all the time. And it's going to really crack down on it. It's going to be awesome. And th- this kind of stuff has generally has a trickle effect to Google and yeah. other services because one's Apple. Apple has you know they got a lot of users, so once they start making, they put it in the in the lexicon, location sharing. You know, one time use. Then you know maybe at next I/O, Google will implement something similar. It'll be a toggle seventeen messages deep, but yeah. it'll be there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And. So moving on, you know, we've already talked about this a lot, little bit, but uh, one of the other ones that was going to have a big change is iPad OS, and mm-hmm. you know, it's I, I, there's so many things I'm excited about it. It's you know, it, buried in there. Speaking of stuff buried under a toggle, there is actually mouse support now. Um, yeah, you will be able to use some Bluetooth and USB, and uh, people have been testing them. It looks like pretty much everything works, and uh, yeah, I'm it, it's, with- it's pretty much the the solution. That everyone thought Apple would come up with its better solution for mouse support. It's just a blob on your screen that yeah. moves around. That's the thing yeah. is there is a really <laughs> they could have added it on day one. <laughs> it's like such a troll. They put this big, you know, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. gigantic. It's it's an accessibility feature, and it's right. basically like a fake finger. Yes, like, exactly. Like, here's where yeah, you. Touch. I mean, they basically did it so people won't use it unless you have to. Like, it's not elegant. There's nothing about no, it that you're going to want to are, turn on. There are people with specific uh, motor skill issues mm-hmm. who have... I, I don't want to call them mice. They they look to your computer like a mouse, but they're special mice made for people with certain mobility issues. Yes. They, they're doing special things. It's really made for that. <laughs> it's totally, totally not Here's like a real question. mouse support that you want. Uh, assuming, Jason, assuming you've used it and maybe you can't talk about it, I don't know, but w- when you take a screenshot or record the screen, does it does it appear on the screen? I have no the, idea. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good question. Because that, that would make uh, how-to is way easier. Yeah, yes. totally. That's true. That's actually true. And- yep. But, you know, if they didn't want, you know, like I said, it's a huge troll. You know, Jason pointed out the good parts about it. But they could have a t- another toggle in there that, you know, said which kind of uh, cursor you wanted to use. But they're not going to do yeah. that. I mean, uh, maybe it's it's a first step toward, you know, a lot of times these accessibility features get tweaked and retooled and then become front-facing consumer features. Maybe. Mm-hmm. My concern, and I haven't written this article yet because I have too much friggin' work to do, but my, my, my concern is that they're, they're you know, everyone's, uh, uh, Marco, Marco Arment wrote a thing called Apple is Listening, and he was talking about how, you know, people have been clamoring for this stuff for years and years, and they're finally bringing it to the iPad. My counterpoint to that <laughs> is that Apple isn't thinking. They, maybe they're listening, but they're not doing anything that is forward thinking they're taking a bunch of features that we have on the mac and shoving them into the ipad mm-hmm. there's nothing in, in an ipad os okay fine with the the home screen is fine with the widgets and stuff but mm-hmm. there I, I don't see anything there that's mind-blowing in the sense that this is a unique way of doing something for this device 
I, get, I see what you're saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what the complaints were. I think, like, uh, I kind of agree with Marco. It's like everybody... I think the hardware was a little ahead of the software in the sense that they released the iPad Pro, the new iPad Pro, mm-hmm. kind of maybe knowing these things were coming. Maybe they weren't ready yet. Yeah. And, and and everybody's complaint was, yeah, but I can't do X. I can't do Y. I can't mm-hmm. do Z. You called this Pro. You, t- you talked about all this stuff that I'd be able to do with it. And like how fast it is for video editing, all blah yada yada. And but I can't do all these things. And it's like they went down the checklist of all these things that like yeah, now you can do that. Now you can do that. Now you can do that. So I think that's all good. Yeah. But I do see yeah. your point where it's like they're not. I mean, going back to it, going like oh, this is this is such so uniquely iPad. It's not. It, that, it is right. sort of that's like what, this is kind that's of what like, made the iPad so like mind blowing when you first picked it up because it wasn't a Mac, it wasn't an iPhone. It was this mm-hmm. new kind of form factor with its own little set of features. And right now, it's saying, okay, we've we've reached the limit of what we can imagine the iPad to be. So here's a bunch of Mac features. And listen, I'm happy to have them. Yeah. Right. But but I'm just I'm afraid it's going to shut down future innovation from the iPad. Oh, uh, I'm not I'm necessarily s- sure. I agree. I, I kind of feel like the iPad had had gotten into this rut of being a big iPhone. Yeah. And and I like that they're they're bringing. I agree with that. They're shifting it toward the sure. toward what the Mac offers and bringing the Mac toward iOS. They're I am more likely bring- to use my iPad now again. Yeah. So yeah. I, I do agree with what you're, you're saying, and I, but I, I still think that the iPad still maintains its, you know, its own little mystique or whatever like that. It, it, it is something I would feel more comfortable using on a couch, even with these new features, than I would, you know, something running Windows or something like that. I, I still think it has that very touch base interface, but now with more productivity capability. By the way, a lot of the stuff that they showed on stage as iPad features. Mm-hmm. Um, are totally iPhone features as yep. well. They're exactly. iOS 13 features as well. So a yeah. lot of this stuff, like the USB stuff and yeah, the taking, like Safari supporting like screenshots of the full length and the new markups and stuff, that's all on the it's all on the iPhone as well, which is awesome. You know, the things that are unique are the things that take advantage of mm-hmm. split screen, the slide over, things like that. Those are the things that are just kind of new. Yeah. Just just to iPad. So I like that they calling it iPad OS. Like they're acknowledging that like this is not just a giant iPhone. We can't just keep calling this iOS because they're gonna diverge. We're gonna have more unique features going forward. So I like that they've recognized that. Yeah. It it is it does make it kind of annoying to write about this because that's more stuff we have to clarify when we write about this. For real. Yeah, where's that public beta Apple? I need to write it I need to try this stuff out. Right, exactly. And see, we we are, you know, we are being good guys because everybody else is just out there breaking NDAs and stuff. Not everybody. Come on now. (laughs) Only some people. A lot of we won't name names. Some prominent some (laughs) people. You know who you are. So uh, we we talked about it a little bit already, but uh, you know Apple gets gaming now to a certain extent, and uh, you know maybe the, big question mark. Yeah, big question mark. Yeah, you you, you, you Jason is right. He put a big question mark there, but uh, you know. Steve Jobs famously kind of downplayed gaming and stuff, to put it lightly. And, you know, Apple has always tried to distance itself. It's like, you know, intentionally tries to keep stuff off. But it's changing now. I mean, I made an argument in my Apple Arcade editorial that 
you know, this support for game controllers, like the Xbox One controller and the uh, PlayStation DualShock 4, I almost think that when Apple was doing negotiations for Apple Arcade, some developers, you know, strongly suggested they wouldn't be on board unless it supported those controllers because this way it would be easier to make them you know port them to other games like you know systems like the switch you know the xbox one or something stuff that is not mobile and not part of a subscription service and less work for them to do less you know makes it easily do it and i have a feeling that was a big part of the discussions um i'm glad to see see it but i think that's the reality that's yeah that makes sense yeah i can i can see that or maybe they went to them with that say listen we mm-hmm. want you to use this, and we're also going to add controller support to kind of sweeten the deal. Yeah, and but yeah, I think that they're definitely it's definitely a chicken and an egg scenario with that controller and Apple Arcade for sure. Yeah, and uh, I have to look at it, but somebody said on Twitter that they actually, you know, didn't put it got rid of the Sony logo on there. But I'm sitting there looking at the the PlayStation, but when it was on the screen, uh, I oh. think that's <laughs> kind of funny. But uh, I'm looking at it right now. I actually see the PlayStation logo, but I'm gonna have to look at that and see what they mean. But uh, but yeah, and I think Apple is doing smart by leaning into the games that people make positive associations with iOS gaming with. And uh, and you know, I, I made the argument that it's not requiring a big you know they're not having to go in a completely new direction as they are with Apple TV Plus because you know that's totally alien territory for them. The gaming isn't like game Apple, yeah. whether people want to admit it or not, is a gaming giant and it's with ios but. i think part of the difference is that um i mean game game developers uh, games have been the biggest like app category since day one uh-huh. since the app store launched and games game developers flocked to the iphone because the iphone was huge it was mm-hmm. this just huge platform but mm-hmm. it's not like apple apple could kind of have this you need us more than we need you mentality like mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to make your games for iPhone. We don't have to bend over backwards to do the things you want. Um, and But now they have a – there's nothing making anybody sign up for Apple Arcade. Right. Like they have a service to sell that is completely optional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now they kind of do. They kind of have to say, look, yeah, if we want premium games on here, if we want games that will get people excited about yeah. giving us a subscription fee – we're going to kind of have to cater to game developers and start giving them what they want. Yes. And I think giving up on those MFI controllers, because mm-hmm. this kills MFI controllers. If you make they're, they're MFI dead. controllers, yeah. you're dead. You're, you're, you just go, oh, whoops, okay. Because why would you buy one? They yeah. cost more. They're, you can't use them on anything else. You just buy an Xbox or a PS4 controller <laughs> and be yeah. happy with it. That's all you need now. It's, yeah. it's, it's great. <laughs> it is definitely great, and uh, but uh, since we already talked so much about gaming, I'm going to pop on over to the next one, which is the Apple Watch. Um, yeah, and the Apple Watch now has its own dedicated app store on the actual watch itself, and the, the feature uh, version of WatchOS, and that's really good because previously, you know, you downloaded everything through your iPhone, and it made an update there, which was always kind of annoying in its own way, but you know, it made sense in some ways because the app store, you know, it, it's kind of rough to interact with the apple watch for at least mm-hmm. searching for stuff and everything but uh, uh that's right you probably can't talk about it but i was like have you had a chance <laughs> to try that out and see how well it works but uh, i mean it's really kind of just even more important that mm-hmm. they're making apps that can only live just on the watch that's yeah that's too. that's what i'm more excited whether you about get them too. whether you yeah. you're searching on your app store on your phone or your wherever like just the idea that oh this is 
I don't need an, a companion iPhone app for this thing that really I only care about running on my. Yeah, it takes like us I so can, much room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all those folders that we have on our iPhone that are just, you know, Apple Watch apps or whatever you call mm-hmm. them. Like, they, yeah. you won't need them Companion anymore. apps, yeah. Yeah, it's, that, that's nice. I, I've used, um, you know, a bunch of Wear OS, Android Wear watches that have a Play Store. And, I mean, it, for lack of a better word, it's, it's kind of garbage. And it's not necessarily... <laughs> It's not necessarily the Play Store or Google's fault. It's just I don't want to look at my watch for like two minutes while I try to find an app. I just it's just it's not a fun experience. Yeah. So unless I know exactly what I want right then and there, and I can say, "Hey Siri, download PC Calc or something," a uh, 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 P Calc. But I don't. I just I I don't really know if it's going to increase people's use of apps on their watch. I just I don't I don't necessarily see it. what. Again, is it the same thing? Same problem I have with with, with iPad OS. I think that the the Apple Watch is going in a bit of a troubling direction. Also, yes, it, it needs to be independent from the phone, but more apps are not the answer. I don't think. I think more functionality is the answer. We don't even have sleep tracking built into the watch yet. Yeah. So I, I think, think that's things a like that are issue, more. But yeah. well, maybe it is. But you know, Fitbit does it. Um, right. Mo- a they lot get, of that's what I mean. They get so much longer battery life that they can afford yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah, they get they get four or five days with um, sleep track. Maybe yeah. Apple's prioritizing the wrong things. I don't know. I think but, it's all part of the roadmap, though. Like this is not you, you can't use. You still can't use an Apple Watch without your iPhone. But this is the first. Like this is tearing down those bricks that will allow them to do that. The, mm-hmm. the next step is letting it so that you can sign on to like get an apple id and sign in on your on your apple watch just go through the setup yeah. all on your apple watch once you can do that they can start selling apple watch now they can start selling apple watches to anyone yes. not just to iphone owners i think, so I think this is like it's not so much that it's awesome that they just made like independent app watch apps and an app store it's just it's that that's like the the first big step to let it, letting the Apple Watch break free from the iPhone, mm-hmm. which is that's that's killer because I think a, there's a lot of people out there with not an iPhone who mm-hmm. want an Apple Watch. Yeah, like sure. it's the best smartwatch. Yes. it's not even close, kind of. And it's and they would get one if they could get one. And then, and then they do, and then their next thing, their next purchase is an iPhone. Like you know, when it's time to replace the phone, it's their gateway. Yeah, it's it, like it could definitely be a, a Halo device like the iPod was for sure. Yeah, exactly. They allowed it. And uh, so, yeah. And um, just speaking of apps, you know, let's close out here with uh, iOS apps on Mac. That will be huge, but we have maybe changed our minds about that. <laughs> but with Project Catalyst, which was part, uh, previously known as the code name Marzipan. So if you've heard us talk about Marzipan in previous uh, episodes, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, a catalyst is better than Marzipan. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Marzipan is like this like weird kind of flavorless cheese that you nobody eats on its own, but you can add to something else. Like a, <laughs> it's just it's, it's not a good image. And, uh, yeah, we talked about it a lot before. The problems with Project Catalyst, yeah, but I think it's it's all part of uh, Jason Snell's column, which went up on the site today. Yes, talks about how this is all part of this long. They they do this. Apple does this all the time. There's these long tail yeah. plans to get people to shift um, how they develop so that they can shift how the, what what their product line is. Mm-hmm. So you can't Apple just can't come out 
suddenly with an ARM-based Mac and right, say, right. you have to change ev- the way you do everything. Right. There's this multi-year process of slowly changing how everyone does everything. Mm-hmm. And then when they release a new product uh, that sort of requires those things, it's just not such a leap for everyone every, uh, anymore. So yeah. I think hopefully things like unifying the App Store, like that's a next year thing. And then the year after that, we get like a, a Mac laptop that's got an, an Apple CPU in it and you know, I th- these. I think this is all part of that the long transition that they do. I think it's exciting. They're getting there, and then we're going to see some awesome stuff in like free apps. But I think the paid apps using Catalyst, mm-hmm. they're going to have an issue with that with the App Store. Yeah, yeah. I got to say, with me, the cynicism has not really yet let the uh, started to creep creep in. <laughs> I'm um, I'm actually still excited about the announcements at WWDC. Me too. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's not cynicism. <laughs> it's just called reality, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, this I I went into WWDC expecting you know kind of you know I, the things so there were some things that I expected to see like the Mac Pro and everything, but I have to admit I, I came out of it feeling a lot more excited about iOS and macOS than I had in a while, largely because of these crossovers and stuff, and especially the iPad. And because uh, yeah, I used to be a, a major iPad fan, and that now I, I might be again. And, uh, but, what, uh, okay. I didn't, I, I, maybe I'm not remembering your article, but what stopped you? Like you said, you were a fan, then you weren't a fan, and now you are a fan. Well, that period when you weren't a fan, what, what okay, so I would you take, away from it? When I would, you know, uh, when I would go to press events, you know, they, they give you an idea. They hand you those thumb drives that have assets on them, like videos and photos. You are expected on a deadline to be able to post oh, those see. to your article right now. You couldn't do that with an iPad mm-hmm. because there was, okay. you know, even if you had a dongle well, you, for you it. You still can't unless it's USB-C, but all right. <laughs> well, at least, at least there is that option. I mean, especially if you have a dongle for it, I assume that would work that and, way. Well, and you also need an iPad Pro. Does yeah. does that stuff yeah. work with the Lightning-based iPad? It does. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It does, yes. That's and, what's and so it, amazing. And it works with iPhones. Yes. It works with iPhones, with iOS yes. 13. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, there's things like that. I think this is true. We just saw this with the new iPad Pros, but this kind of happens with Apple a lot, and mm-hmm. this is probably going to happen with Project Catalyst, where it's like you, they announce something – we see how cool it is. We imagine how awesome it's going to be. It comes out. We go like, this is awesome. And then we start to see all yeah, the, yeah. run into all these little things where it's like, ah, it's not as awesome as I thought. Right. I'm kind of really disappointed about this. And then next year, they make it awesome. Right. <laughs> they, yes. they make it like, oh, man, that's everything I wanted. Um, and I, I think the iPad Pro slash iOS at the time was kind of one of those things. I think Catalyst is going to be one of those things. I think... Um, things like um, what was I going to say? Uh, so maybe some of the game, the Apple Watch stuff is going to be like that. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to right now. Where we even saw that earlier with the Apple Watch, where Apple Watch original Apple Watch and the, the first update of it weren't that great. But then when they got to Watch OS, was it three? Mm-hmm. Something like really changed the game. Or like, mm-hmm. oh, this is all the things they needed. Yes. They, they li- we always feel like they listened, but I don't think it's that they listened so... I mean, they are listening, but it's not so much <laughs> that they're listening so much as that some of these things take time and they just roll out things once a year instead uh-huh. of dribbling them out over time. Yeah. So you just feel like, oh, they listened to me. It's like, no, they just, just wasn't ready last year. <laughs> it had to wait. <laughs> 
Here's another big one, Mike. Okay, so you and I both work in IA Writer. And so here's the thing on the iPad. You could not have two windows open at the oh, same okay. time. I like to you, I like to work with outlines, as you probably do the same thing. I will sometimes make an outline in one IA Writer document and work in another and write my draft. You could not do that on an iPad. Gotcha. So now you can have these, you know, uh, two sides of the split view window um, with the same app. And also, it looks like like you haven't had a chance to try it out you can have multiple versions of those uh split view windows so in another one i could have that same doc paired to a safari page and that would really help out productivity yeah basically virtual desktops yes basically yeah and this is beautiful oh my god yeah so that will make it a lot more productive Um, i don't know if i don't know what app Updates need to happen to support multiple instances of the same app because mm-hmm. they don't all. Not every app does it. Okay. Um, so uh, it may it may be that like apps need to do an app update to make it happen. I mm-hmm. think a lot of them are, especially productivity type stuff like iOS Writer. Well, I read somewhere I don't remember the actual source that Apple is actually going to start requiring people yeah. to be able to support. Yeah. Yes. But, so that'd be nice because Google Docs got away for. Months, you know, after Split View came out, after every other friggin' writing app on the App Store <laughs> supported it, they did not support Split View, and it was so annoying when I was a freelancer because everybody, you know, Google Docs is like the industry standard for the editors that I work for, and yeah, yeah and so I had to do, you know, everything else in another app while I was working on my iPad and paste it in, which was really annoying. Mm-hmm. So, but well, Split View, yeah, but I think multiple instances of the same app. I'm mm-hmm. not sure is going to be required. And there's a lot of even Apple apps currently that don't do that. And I don't know if they're going to continue to, but things like if I'm, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but things like maps or something like yes. Apple maps, you can't do two Apple map windows side by side. So there's, there's some stuff that supports split view, but doesn't support multiple instances. Have you seen other third party apps that can do it yet? I haven't tried it with third party apps. I know okay. Apple demoed word. So yeah. I think all, I mean, I'm sure all the the Office Microsoft Office stuff will, um, and you know uh, the other big one for mm. you guys uh, that you guys were talking about is that the iPad now loads desktop versions of sites. Yeah, totally opens up cloud stuff like Google Docs stuff. Oh, you don't like the Google Docs apps? They're not they're not working for you. They can't do side by side. Well, you can do two Safari windows side by side and do Google Wops do google docs on the web <laughs> just fine and that totally works so yeah it's really great i'm really looking forward to it uh running out of time here so we're going to you know you know we talked about a little of your opinions with the poll but uh you know we, we talked about Stephen rutland's uh you know thoughts on catalyst but we're also going to hear the rest of your hot takes right now and uh you know surprisingly there weren't that many even though we're right after wwdc but uh in response to my apple arcade article uh we have nathan fairchild from facebook uh you know where i because i was all waxing poetic on apple arcade and stuff like that he says remember when game center was going to revolutionize gaming or the new apple tv so yeah i'm skeptical but same. at the same time, Nathan, they didn't have proper controller support at the time. That's gonna be that's gonna be a big deal, I think. I, I don't expect this to be like the next Nintendo Switch or something like that. Yeah, Not it, at all. I mean, this is a different animal than Game Center, right? Mm-hmm. But he's he brings up a good point that he does yeah. for mm-hmm. years and years going 
way back earlier than Game Center or Apple TV. Every time Apple tried to do something deliberately gaming, yeah. they just didn't get it. They mm-hmm. do not know what to do. They do not get games. And gamers and gaming developers, like they don't get it. So hopefully that's the, we're seeing a switch. Hopefully we're seeing a, a change. I'm scared they don't get TV either, but we will see how that works out. <laughs> yeah, but maybe they do. Maybe now they do. And you know, I'm going to use this as, as a point to say it, it seems like the you know, you know, the Apple is listening bit and everything. It seems like there's some big shakeup going on. Um, you know, change in direction. But you know, we did actually see some people leave, like Angela Arendt and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a lot of stuff that Apple is changing its minds about, and I, I think it's really going. I think there's some big stuff going on internally because you know there was previous stuff that you know. You just kind of threw up your hands and said, well, this will never happen from Apple. Now I'm not so sure. I'm more willing. Yeah, that's – I mean, I I feel that's been going on for a little while. I mean, I think this is clearly the post-Steve Jobs, Tim Cook era. I mean, there is a definite distinction between what Steve Jobs did and how he approached product updates and um, app updates and things like that and and the way Tim Cook does it. And there's definitely more of a a community – feel to it yes. like Tim Cook wants that he wants people to say thank you for doing blah blah whereas mm-hmm. Steve Jobs wanted people to say well what's this and then use it and then say oh wow I never thought of that this is great it's it's a, it's a different way of approaching things and I yeah. don't know if it's necessarily Steve Jobs was a genius and thought of things differently than Tim Cook I wouldn't necessarily say that but there, I think it, times are what, changing too it's hard to say yeah is it the people or is it the times? Like, what, what would Steve Jobs have been doing in the last it, few years? It's also yeah, we don't know. like Steve Jobs, his his era wasn't this constant feedback era. Yeah. Like, we can tweet yeah. to Tim Cook all day long, and, <laughs> and, and it's a different, like, you know, Apple was kind of, a, you know, a company that we just waited for them to release something. Now we can constantly tell them what we want, and they're constantly reading and and listening and you know it's to, to to say that Steve would have done or not done something yeah it's, we it's, don't know. It's, it's, it's an impossible notion yeah because you you, you just you, this era that we live in is so there. different than, than when the iPhone <laughs> came out 10 years ago a lot, a lot of people out there doing Steve Jobs seances trying to find right. out what a guy who's been dead for years would have done yeah right. it's ridiculous but but there was an era like you said there was an era where Steve Jobs really was great at dominating this era where a product came out and had specs and features that blew you away and you bought yes. that product. Mm-hmm. And now it's more – we live in this like hyper-connected world where it's all about how you use the product and how the product gets updated and mm-hmm. the, how the love you have for your old product that you – keep using and hang on to because it does x y and z and you just got the ability to do this and like it's it's a different world now and i think tim cook is navigating that change pretty well i agree for one more hot take we have from kip vaughn on facebook and this was in reference to my you know the ipad will you know could finally looks like a desktop i mean excuse me a laptop alternative replacement and stuff like this his uh very simple response was 
without multiple user profiles? No way. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> so a, that's disappointing. A big one. Yeah. And I did, by the way, Kip, I did actually include a reference. I don't know if it was that article, but it was actually in my news coverage. So I was like, okay, you could still give us that. And they didn't include a new calculator app either, I don't think. So after <laughs> yeah, all that, right. still no calculator what? app. They put it on the watch. Come that's on. Such a weird, that's such a weird thing. They did such a good job putting it on <laughs> the watch. It's almost like they do it just to, just to watch our reaction sometimes. Like, <laughs> like why not? You, you brought one to the Apple Watch. Yeah, as Jesse right. just said, like, why the hell do we not? What Do you think we don't do calculations it's, on the it's iPhone? It's perfect for slide over, right? It's, yeah, yeah, sure. It's just the thing you want. And now that you have multiple slide overs, I don't know. In the Pro, the iPad I, Pro? Come on. Yeah. I thought maybe it was kind of an iOS thing because of the way iOS uh, stores user data and encrypts user data and stuff like that. It's really... It's really kind of a, a handful to make another put another user on there as compared yeah. to how you do it on the Mac. But they're doing multiple users on on HomePod, which is kind of an iOS based OS. And yeah. They're doing it on Apple TV, which is kind of an iOS based OS. So now I don't understand at all why they're not doing it at least on the iPad. I mean, so next year, watch next year. I'm calling it iPad OS feature. They, I mean, they they almost it almost has to has be to. at this point because yeah. now it just looks like a blatant cash grab that we're we're we're, gonna, we're forcing you to buy an extra right. one if you if you want to use it with your wife or your kid. Yeah, and they don't somebody. they don't care about the cash grab with devices now. They care about those subscriptions. So right. yeah, just make people love. Put all, everybody use the same iPad. Who cares? Now you have a family plan for all your. Cloud Maybe they'll charge two ninety nine a month to uh, to have a oh, second. Oh God! No, don't, don't give them ideas. <laughs> so that about does it for this week's episode of the MacWorld Podcast. This is episode six hundred and fifty five, and uh, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes through SoundCloud.com or on Spotify. And uh, if you have comments or questions, you can email us at podcast at macworld.com or you can contact us through Twitter at Macworld or on Facebook. So join us next week as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next week. Bye.